good morning everyone, my name's Esther. I'm one of the key leaders here at Ebby Church and usually at this kind of time I would say it's great to see you, how are you doing? Obviously that's a little bit different this time but do really hope that you are all doing okay. Um, still a couple of months or however far we are into this thing, still weird times, um, still emotionally and mentally up and down and a bit all over the place and just want to encourage you do look after yourselves um, in all ways um, yeah this isn't easy so do be kind to yourself and look out for each other as well it's important that we do this together so today um, today is the last week in our series called red letters in some Bible translations, Jesus' words are highlighted in red. And so in this series, we've been looking at some of the things that Jesus says, and specifically around three words, remain, pray, and follow. Stu started us off um, a couple of weeks ago by looking at Jesus' encouragement to us to remain. In John 15, Jesus says to us, remain in me and I Will remain in you. And this, this is our starting place. Like this is our foundation. We need to keep connected to Jesus, to be looking after and investing in our relationship and keeping totally dependent on him. Which is simple, isn't it? Or, well, it's one of those things that's simple, but it's not easy. Um, because we're human, and we like to be in control and we get a bit carried away with ourselves, we get a bit busy and we base our identity on anything and everything other than Jesus. But Jesus is awesome. He loves us and he never gives up on us or writes us off. He keeps inviting us again and again, however many times we need to hear this. Remain in me and I will remain in you. And as we work out our relationship with Jesus, we talk to him. Last week in our All Age service, we heard Jesus tell us, this is how you should pray. And he then follows that up with a load of very helpful uh, pointers and some great tips around how to do that. And do keep having a look at those verses from Luke 11 that we read last week. There's so much in there to um, have a think about and wrestle with. So then we get to this week and follow. But before that, um, I just want to say it's important for us to resist the temptation to see these three things, remain, pray and follow, as you know, like some kind of flow chart that we have to get the remaining thing nailed before we can move on to praying. And we had better not try and do any kind of following until we're remaining and praying perfectly. Thankfully, this isn't the deal. Like Jesus doesn't work like that. We don't need to have a list checked off or a, a grade reached before we follow Jesus and everything that that involves. Like we need to be working out these things, remain, pray and follow together. And they each become the fullest, deepest, life-giving, exciting, world-transforming thing Jesus intends them to be 
when they're all mixed up and lived out together. And this is what Jesus wants because it's good stuff for us and for the world we live in. And Jesus promises to work it out with us every step of the way. So the verses that we're going to read today, they're from a book called Matthew, which is um, at the start of the New Testament part of the Bible. And we're going to read Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 to 13. Um, we're going to read from the message today. Uh, the language used is it's a little more direct, which I think is probably a good challenge for us. So if you've got a Bible, paper, on your phone, however you do that, um, grab that now. Um, the words should also appear on your screen as well, so you can follow along with me. So, Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 to 13. Passing along, Jesus saw a man at his work collecting taxes. His name was Matthew. Jesus said, come along with me. Matthew stood up and followed him. Later, when Jesus, Jesus was eating supper at Matthew's house with his close followers, a lot of disreputable characters came and joined them. When the Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company, they had a fit and lit into Jesus' followers. What kind of example is this from your teacher, acting cosy with crooks and riffraff? Jesus, overhearing, shot back. Who needs a doctor? The healthy or the sick? Go figure out what this scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite outsiders, not coddle insiders. So yeah, Father God, um, I pray that, yeah, will you speak to us this morning? Um, yeah, thank you for your word. Yeah, Holy Spirit, will you fill us? I pray that we will have open hearts and minds to hear and respond to you this morning. Amen. Uh, we've got three things that we're going to pick out from these verses. Um, three things that Jesus does and three things for us to follow. Um, the first thing is get your eyes open. The second thing is get close. And the third thing is get bothered. So the first thing, get your eyes open. I've got a bit of a question or um, scenario for you. Uh, it's multiple choice, so don't panic. Um, here is the scenario. You're walking through the middle of town and there's a woman sat in a shop door in a sleeping bag. As you walk past, she asks you if you have any spare change. What do you do? Do you A, keep walking, head down, focused on where you're going? B, keep walking and mumble something she can't really hear? C, pause, keep your head down, say, do something, move on quickly? Or D, stop, hear the question, respond to the question. Or E, stop, hear the question, look her in the eye, respond to the question, maybe have a conversation. So have a, have a think about that. Um, keep this in mind and we're gonna come back to it in a minute. But in our, the verses that we've just read, the third and the fourth words were Jesus saw. 
two small and easy to skip passwords, but actually so, so important. Like these words are key to who Jesus is and how he lived. Now, in, in this case, Jesus might have been intentionally looking out for Matthew, like he was going to ask him to join his team of followers after all. But as I said, Jesus, this walking around, living life with eyes wide open, is what Jesus was all about. In the stories that we read about Jesus in the Bible, there are lots of times when he's going from one place to another and something or someone happens along the way. And he sees them, he hears them, and Jesus plans the lives of individuals and communities change. I have a think about Zacchaeus, the little man up the tree, or the, the bleeding woman, uh, blind Bartimaeus. Like if you don't know these stories, Google them, have a read of them. Um, because in each story, in each encounter, Jesus stops and he sees, like really sees, the person in front of him. And let's go back to our multiple choice scenario. Um, this question, it's not about whether we should be giving money to people who ask on the street. Like that's complicated, but I do have some thoughts on that, but maybe not for right now. Um, but this question is to provoke a bit of thinking around how we do or don't see people. I'll be honest with you, I could answer every single option from A to E. And the reasons for my differing responses, it's as fickle as, it just depends on what mood I'm in. And like, that's the truth, it does. Like, if it's, if it's raining, or early in the morning, or I'm too busy, I walk on by. No response, nothing. If the sun's out and I'm feeling relaxed, I'm not in a rush, and I'm feeling particularly Jesus-like, I'll stop and have a chat. And then I'll probably feel pretty proud of myself and congratulate myself on doing that, which is very un-Jesus-like, but anyway. There are so many people in and around our lives who are unseen. And may maybe that's how you feel. Maybe, yeah, you feel like you are an unseen person. And I, I could start a list of these people, um, but I don't think any of us have to think too hard to come up with a long one. There are so many people in and around our lives who are unseen. And I guess the thing is that it's often easier to not even start that list. Like it's easier to stay comfortable to keep our eyes closed. This isn't supposed to be a guilt trip. That's not how Jesus operates and it's not how we should either. But I do think we need to be open to this challenge. Like if we wanna follow Jesus, to be like him, then there's no two ways about it. We need to get our eyes open. And the very cool, exciting, and maybe slightly scary thing is that with Jesus, it doesn't stop there. We don't just get our eyes open, tick that box, and carry on unaffected. 
if we go back to the verses that we read, Jesus saw and then he got close. So that was number one, get your eyes open. This is number two, get close. Jesus saw Matthew. Jesus invited Matthew to come along with me, to follow him, quite literally. Then our story skips on to Jesus having dinner at Matthew's house. And there's a lot of people there. Jesus, Matthew, obviously, Jesus' close followers. And they're also joined by a lot of disreputable characters. Now, I'm a big fan of Jesus, but this, this setting we find him in with these people, this just makes me love him a little bit more. Disreputable basically means someone with a bad reputation. And in this case, it's not just someone, it's plural, like there's lots of people. And the NIV translation of the Bible describes them as tax collectors and sinners, which is both very specific and very general. And the Pharisees, they're also there. And of course they saw Jesus, they had their eyes wide open. I kind of uh, imagine them hiding in bushes with pairs of binoculars, like trying to see what's going on or like sneakily like looking through the window, trying to, yeah, just see what Jesus is up to. But maybe they were more brazen than that because the Pharisees, they certainly don't try to hide their anger and disgust at what they see. But more on that in a bit. The point here is that Jesus gets close. In Middle Eastern culture, like then and now, sharing a meal is a big deal. It's a, it's an extravagantly generous affair. Like as a guest, you're in a place of honour. It's not rushed, and it's all about relationships. Like you spend time together. You eat, you have a few drinks, you tell stories, you laugh, you joke, you, you share life, and it takes time. It sounds pretty awesome, doesn't it? Especially right now. And yeah, the kind of life that Jesus is inviting us into is one that involves us getting close with all kinds of people, like all kinds of people. Like the good stuff of Jesus, it's not a, like, I'm going to hold you at arm's length and I'm going to preach at you from a distance kind of thing. It's a, I see you and I'm going to get close and I'm not going to rush getting to know you. It's a, let's share life together kind of thing. Now, I'm not suggesting that you walk the streets of Bristol or wherever it is that you live, inviting everyone on the margins of our society to your house for dinner. Although Jesus does tell a story along these lines in Luke chapter 14. And looking at what Jesus does here, maybe let's not dismiss that idea too quickly. But all people like this this is something that we need to hear it's not just people we click with not just people who are the same and think the same as us not just people who are easy and safe to hang out with all 
people. Jesus didn't accept this dinner invitation to create a nice little story for Matthew to tell us about. Like this, this is Jesus. This is what he did, who he was and who he is. Like for Jesus, people are people. Everyone is loved. Everyone is worth his time. And anyone and everyone is just perfect to have a long and leisurely dinner with. Like following Jesus means we will be people who get close. And that's probably going to involve us getting a little bit uncomfortable. And probably a bit of sacrificial type living, to be honest. Like, I'm not saying this stuff is easy, not by a long shot, but it is the Jesus way, so it is the best way. And the thing is, when we get our eyes open, when we get close, issues, people, places become personal. And that, that changes everything. And here's what I mean by this. So we no longer think about the homeless and vulnerable as a mass of nameless bodies hidden in sleeping bags. Like we know them as Simon, Mark, Austin and Maria. Like we no longer talk about reaching the lost like it's something to debate inside a church building. We we go have coffee, we go to the pub, we go for a walk, we play sport, we do whatever it is we do with the people we love. And we no longer talk about the community like it's something that's outside of us. Like we live where we live, we spend time there and we love it and the people we share that space with passionately. Jesus is taking, on, taking us on an interesting journey here. We get our eyes open, we get close, and as we do both of these, things get personal. And then we get to our third point for today, which is we get bothered. And in these verses, we see two kinds of getting bothered. The Pharisees get bothered like red-faced, spitting the words out bothered. Like we read, when the Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company, they had a fit and lit into Jesus' followers. What kind of example is this from your teacher, acting cosy with crooks and riffraff? I'm just guessing, but I, I don't imagine they said this quietly. I don't imagine they took Jesus' friends to one side for a discreet, out-of-earshot word. Like they were raging, they were indignant, and they were beyond rude and horribly offensive. And this, this is one of the many times that Jesus upset the religious establishment. Like they spent their time tied up in rules they'd created for themselves. And Jesus, Jesus tried to show them that a different way of living was possible. But sometimes, I guess, rules, rules are more comfortable to live with, aren't they? But the Jesus way is freedom. 
Jesus wasn't phased about the Pharisees' accusations because he was totally sure of his identity. He didn't like, spin out and start questioning whether he should or shouldn't be having dinner with Matthew and his new friends. Um, we read in John chapter 5, verse 19, um, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees his Father doing. So, the assumption that follows is that that includes having dinner with disreputable characters. He only does what he sees the Father doing. That includes having dinner. And let's not, yeah, let's not forget that this includes us, right? Like Jesus does this every single day. He does life and has a relationship with each one of us. That is, that's the beauty of this thing. Like disreputable characters, it's all people. It's not them, it's us. And the second kind of getting bothered we see is Jesus getting bothered by the Pharisees getting bothered. And this is another good bit. And I love the way the message version puts it. Jesus, overhearing, shot back. Who needs a doctor? The healthy or the sick? Go figure out what this scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. And there he's um, quoting one of the books in the Old Testament called Hosea. That's uh, chapter 6, verse 6, if you want to have a read of that. He says, go figure out what this scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite outsiders, not coddle insiders. <clears throat> that kind of makes me want to say, ouch, a little bit. Jesus isn't impressed with religion. He's not impressed with something that looks good on the outside, but is empty on the inside. He's not keen on hollow words or an inward looking, it's all about me kind of faith. He doesn't applaud busyness and burnout. And his heart breaks when he sees his church, when he sees us live like that. And I think it hurts Jesus because there's so much more to faith and relationship with him. Like Jesus wants us to get bothered about the things he gets bothered about, not, not in the way the Pharisees do. And I do, I do kind of wonder if sometimes we swing too much the way of the Pharisees in this. Like we need to be Jesus followers who are bothered about injustice, inequality, and when people are excluded for whatever reason. Like Jesus wants us to be people who look out for and invite outsiders into our lives and into our church communities. And like really, not just a token gesture, shallow kind of thing. Like he wants us to really, like really be inviting people into our lives, into our church community. And I think we can 
only really do this well if we're prepared to get close and have our eyes open. It's no good at a distance and half asleep. And it's tempting here um, to give a list of suggestions, like things that I think we could get bothered about, uh, ways we could get close and how we could all live with our eyes open. But I think this is kind of, this is personal. Like we're all different, aren't we? And that is always, always a good thing. But yeah, this is between us and Jesus. And I think we, and I totally include myself in this, um, we need to do some business with Jesus as we ask these questions, as we, as we think about all this and work out how it might and will impact our lives. And of course, we do this together, which is always a relief. Like we chat and wrestle this stuff out with people we trust. We support and encourage each other as a church community as we pursue and follow Jesus together. Like following Jesus isn't easy. It costs us something. And surprisingly, maybe that, that is a good thing. And if we go all in, life with Jesus won't be boring it won't be comfortable and it won't be predictable, which is also, if we're up for it, a good thing. So um, let's take a couple of, a couple of minutes now, um, just as a bit of time to, to reflect and, and listen to God. Like, Ask him, like God, like what, what are you, what are you saying to me in all this? Like maybe it's something specifically around one of those three things: the getting your eyes open, getting close, or getting bothered. Maybe it's uh, something that is a lot more mixed up and jumbled than that. But yeah, let's um, let's just take a bit of time now. So yeah, Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, will you, will you speak to us now? Um, as I was uh, randomly thinking about this last night, um, the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, um, yeah, just kind of came into my head and specifically um, about the, the boy who gave his packed lunch of five loaves and two fishes. And Jesus used that one packed lunch to feed over 5,000 people. 
And I just kind of think there's something in that to do with all of this. Um, yeah, an encouragement maybe for us. And maybe this is for you individually, but I think maybe it's for us. Um, that, yeah, we we give Jesus our pat lunch. And it looks small. It seems insignificant and sometimes hardly worth even giving. But Jesus takes that and he explodes it. And he does stuff with our packed lunch that is above and beyond anything that we could do on our own, anything that we could imagine. And that that's what Jesus loves to do and I think it's what he wants to do with us. So yeah, just wanted to share that as an encouragement for us. So we're gonna finish with um, a surrender type prayer. Um, this is a, yeah, Jesus, I'm yours. Um, I don't know the detail of life, but I put myself into your hands. And yeah, I give you my packed lunch. Um, yeah, I want to be more like you. Is yeah, these things, these three things that we've looked at um, over the last three weeks, they all involve surrender, don't they? To choose to remain in Jesus, to pray and to follow, they all involve surrender. So, um, prayer is going to um, appear on your screen. Um, have a little read through it. Um, I'm going to pray it. If you want to pray it out loud with me, that would be great. Um, if you want to give a big amen at the end, then yeah, let's do that. So, Lord Jesus, you are the lead part in the story of my life. I'm sorry for thinking it's all about me. I want to tell a better, braver, more colourful and compelling story. I want to live a life that makes no sense at all unless you exist. Amen. Um, I am going to hand over to Ben now and we're going to um, yeah, close our service um, with some worship. But yeah, do keep listening, do keep responding to whatever Jesus is saying to you in all of this.